Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about SEO, how you can get results. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Bill Slavsky. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing great. Um, I can tell how many times I uh, met your content. Uh, many times. Uh, the last time uh, I see you, you are active on many blogs, uh, on Search Engine Journal. I found your stuff. On LinkedIn, I often see your posts. Uh, you are super active in SEO community. Can you tell more about your experience, background, and why you decided to pay attention with SEO? I started out by helping a friend with the website. He, he was working in a job as a service uh, mechanic uh, at a car dealership. And he told me one day, I hate my job. So I had picked up a book uh, not too long before about uh, incorporating people in Delaware and what, what it took to go into business as a registered agent for them. And all it really took was having a mailing address so people could contact you and tell you that they were filing suit against your company. So I told him that. I said, if you can find a way to do this, we can. Uh, you can potentially do that and make lots of money doing it and enjoy yourself much more. He said, okay. So he said, there's one problem. I don't know HTML. I don't know how to build a website. So I went to the store and bought a book, uh, learn how to uh, learn HTML in two weeks. I learned HTML in two weeks, built a website, and uh, we were off. His sister worked uh, selling computers for Digital Equipment Corporation. And she sends us an email saying, hey, our company started this website up. You might like it. It was altavista.digital.com. It was one of the first search engines. We learned how to get listed in there. You had to do one URL at a time. And uh, we enjoyed being in there. Got into Google, got into some others. It's when I first started doing SEO. And I really enjoyed it. At the time, I was working as a technical administrator at Superior Court of Delaware. And I decided I'd much rather be doing SEO than working as a technical administrator at the court. Cool, cool. And you know, you remind me Elon Musk when uh, someone asked him uh, uh, about his education, how to build uh, uh, space. Uh, equipment uh, and he replied no uh, i just started to read books you know about uh, this field <laughs> yeah and yeah it's the same we decided to learn from scratch by learning about uh, html code okay can you tell more uh, uh, how uh, things change uh, when from alta vista to today google because yeah i think uh, probably everything changed I was working as an in-house SEO, learning new stuff. And uh, there was a lot of discussion and, and people getting upset about a patent application from Google on historical data information, information retrieval through historical data. 
and people were writing it up, detailing it. And I said, this is kind of interesting. I went and looked at the patent. I said, these are complicated. They could be simpler. They could be explained simpler. I should start looking some of these to help me do the SEO I'm doing for the website I'm working on. At the time, I was working on the uh, Delaware Incorporation business website that I built. And I said, there's a way to pay more attention to uh, the geographical information and get to rank better in local search. So I started looking at the patents involving local search and got it to rank really well for local search results. Uh, and that got me started. I, I uh, also went to a, a SEO conference in New York City in 19, no, 2005. And it was expensive. You had to pay lots of money for the conference. You had to pay for the trip to New York. You have to pay for a hotel for the week. I said, there's got to be a cheaper way to do this. And if I want to have my own conference, sort of like a bar conference, where people show up and they decide they want to speak on a certain topic and they fill out a, a piece of paper and put it on a grid and speak at that time, uh, like, like they're having in... Uh, on the West Coast here, places like Stanford, uh, that would work out much better. And that would get rid of a lot of the uh, administration aspects of having a conference. You invite lots of people and tell them to get prepared to speak. You may speak. Uh, so I, I started up a website to hold a conference. At the time, I was working in uh, Average Grace, Maryland. I joined a, a uh, agency, and uh, I said, this is a good location for a bar camp, for a web, web conference about uh, SEL. So I, I built a website, and uh, we hired Skip Jack, uh, rode around the Chesapeake uh, uh, bag, uh, went through lots of places in town, and it worked out really well. Enjoyed it. A few people showed up. We talked about SEO. And then uh, I had a website that was have, that had nothing to do. So I said, let me start using this in other ways. So, so I started writing about patents I came across. Yeah, valuable. Well, that's interesting. Okay. Um, for example, if you start from scratch today, uh, which way is better to learn about SEO? courses, blogs, YouTube channels, uh, uh, help our audience because uh, I often get this question. I'm intern. I want to learn SEO. I don't know where to start because a bunch of stuff today uh, <laughs> from your experience. <laughs> it, 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 takes a, it takes a lot of work. One best ways I think is to start a hobby site, start a blog, start something that you're really interested in, a topic. Say you're a big fan of baseball. Start a Blog about your baseball team. Write to it every day. Learn how to get set, get set up. Uh, figure out how to hook up Google Analytics and Google Search Console to your website. You're, you're learning about how the web works, how to promote things on the web, how to write every day about something you like. And that's a, that's a great way to do it in a non-business critical way. You're not going to lose your uh, wallet because of your uh, baseball blog. But you do it every day and you're learning about it. After doing that for a year or so, 
you're ready to start up a business with a blog. You're you're able to add add Google Analytics to it and understand what it means. You can set up Google Search Console to it and see what uh, optimizing certain keywords and getting things to rank well does for you. So it's it's like make it part of your life and then make it important to a business. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, completely. Because uh, I think uh, especially when you mentioned about finding uh, blogging about uh, something that you like. Yeah, yeah, because people burn out if they post content, they just chase money because uh, I was on this boat. You know, uh, my second business was about that when I tried to earn money uh, 10 years ago, uh, I failed. Uh, I spent a lot of resources, time, but I didn't like uh, this topic. Uh, I just, uh, uh, I, I saw how other people can earn good money with that. And I decided, yeah, I can do it. I uh, hired a bunch of people, you know, and failed completely with that. Three years just spent all my money with that. And, I've, yeah. I've joined meetup groups that were about personal blogging or blogging for your business. And people had lots of questions about how to run blogs. And meetup groups are great for that because you get to talk to other people and, and see what they've done and ask some questions. And they sort of act as your mentors. That's really helpful. Mm-hmm. You can have somebody volunteer to show you how to do stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how to compete today when we have uh, 1.8 billion websites online? And if we type on Google any keyword, Google lists a million results. How to compete with them? Well, how do you decide to start a business? How do you decide you, you, you notice that there's a niche, there's, there's a need for something? There are potential audience members for that. Uh, you, you, it takes a lot to plan a business, and planning a business online is is no different than playing business offline it may be a little bit easier i mean the website i have now i put together in two hours on wordpress uh and i've been writing to it for the last 16 years and it keep i keep on adding to it and it mm-hmm. keeps on getting more complex because i add new stuff to it because i learn about new stuff to add to it Yeah, but you know, the masters often uh, feel that they have a few competitors. There are competitors, but they don't consider Wikipedia, many other websites. They can rank on the same keywords. And in SEO, we compete with direct and indirect competitors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so the competitors are the people who provide the same goods and services as you. Your competitors are uh, uh, the people who aim at the same keywords you do. Your competitors are the people who find ways for other people to waste time reading your webpage, regardless of uh, whether your webpage is about baseball or your webpage is about something that they might buy from you. And you have competitors like Wikipedia or, or Google, where people spend a lot of time. And those are your competitors too, because If they're not spending time on your website buying something from you, they're maybe spending time somewhere else. Mm-hmm. How to create the right strategy? 
today. Uh, for example, if I open SEMrush, Ahrefs, Moz, I can find uh, generic keywords that everyone searches for them. And uh, these keywords might, uh, might have high quality content already. How to so, find so, your... so the ideal thing is to know who your audience is. Mm -hmm. Okay, so when I first started doing SEO, I worked for an agency. One of our uh, clients was a day school in uh, Washington, D.C. area. And it was intended for students who were uh, potentially going to go to college in Europe. And so they had to get an uh, international baccalaureate degree so that they could uh, qualify for college in Europe as opposed to the U.S. So this school would offer the international baccalaureate degree and had to appeal to diplomats, people who uh, worked at embassies in D.C., and they could bring their kids to school uh, and, and they'd spend the day there. They come home and they'd do homework or whatever or go to college. You know, uh, it, it appealed to a large amount of audiences. It appealed to the kids. The kids want to know about school. It appealed to the parents. The parents had to pay for it. Uh, it appealed to potential employees of the school, uh, teachers, uh, uh staff members for sports teams or so on, uh, coaches and so on. You, you needed to appeal to all the different people who might look at the school, the people who accredit it. Uh, there's, there's a wide audience. So you need to know who's gonna come look at my website. What are they gonna get from my website? What do I need to do? What keywords should I choose? What, Keywords are they going to search for to find my website and expect to see my pages? I'm going to use those keywords. I'm going to try to rank for those. Uh, you don't strive to rank for some vanity keyword that nobody ever searches for that you think is the ideal keyword. I've had people try to rank for those and ask them, do you really want people to come to your website? Why are you trying to rank for a phrase that nobody is ever going to search for yeah yeah got it okay uh, if i uh, you know some businesses uh, can't find their buy buying persona for example even uh, i remember uh, i listened to audio podcast with tim solom uh, from ihrefs and he shares yeah. that uh, ihrefs can't find a buying persona and i often see the same uh, think with many other uh, businesses they uh, when i tell them you need to find your buyer persona and they share we don't know women men uh, any age how to find and craft them so i was working for uh, somebody who owned a website uh, trying to sell them on, on doing seo for their website and i said who's your audience he said i don't know so why do you have a website to capture eyeballs i said i know what service you provide you provide service that means that when somebody's new to your neighborhood or to a neighborhood that you provide services in they look for your business and they're they're new or, or they want to upgrade the service they want to leave the company they were with and they'll go to your website so it's not a big audience he sent me a book 280 pages long with 17 different personas that were ideal for print, TV, uh, radio, but not the web. It, it was a very simple set of audiences. 
all the people who knew who said, I want cable TV. Who sells cable here? Let me let me choose amongst the four or five companies that sell cable. Let me set up an account. Let me send money and send for the equipment so I can start watching. It wasn't a big audience. It wasn't a big persona. And usually you can tell by looking at somebody's website who they think their audience is and whether or not they're actually appealing to that audience. Yeah. In marketing, we have the quote, if you sell to everyone, you sell to uh, no one. If your purpose is gaining eyeballs, you probably have too wide an audience. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So one, one, way, one way of getting people to your website is uh, people go on the web, they see errors, they, they try to do something, they get an error message. If they copy the error message and search for it, they should be able to get a page that tells them how to fix that error. And, and they follow the instructions and they're fixing it. Well, you, you have to know which problems your audiences have and how to fix those. And you write a web page that, you know, one of the first SEO jobs I had was an in-house SEO. And I gave the uh, uh, owner of the company a notebook and a pen. I said, okay, anytime you're talking to a customer on the phone and they ask questions, write the questions down. And then we'll work on the answers and we'll get those on the website. We'll do customer service. We'll solve those problems so that they read the website. They don't have to ask you those questions. Yeah, valuable. Um, you remind me uh, CEO of Pepsi, and uh, he shares that uh, they don't use uh, some tools. Uh, they uh, ask their customers, and uh, it's uh, old school, but it works well <laughs> for them. Some of the best people to talk to when you talk to a new client are salespeople and customer service people because they know all the problems. Mm -hmm. uh, I found a few studies that uh, salespeople don't trust uh, marketers. How uh, to cooperate uh, or unite salespeople, sales department with marketers uh, to, to work with one goal? When you're talking to a business, they, they, they're in business to make money to get paid, to pay the mortgage, to pay the rent, to pay the food on the table and so on. Regardless of what department they're in, they're, they're in sales. They want to help you help their business succeed. They want to help you help them get more customers. Once you uh, convince them that you're on the same team, you want what's best for them, they'll work with you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a lack of trust when when you both say, "Hey, we're in we're in this together. We succeed together. We we do this. You answer my questions. I build the best website I can for you." Yeah, but marketers often uh, are chasing uh, uh, I don't know creating brand awareness or. Uh, uh traffic relevant traffic but it doesn't sell uh in the first run you know <laughs> it takes time so one of my favorite recent customers was one who was a, a, a 
chip manufacturer. He he uh, application specific chip uh, designer, and he was designing chips for all kinds of different purposes, including the little chips that go on credit cards, that that you tap the payment machine so that it knows who you are and that connects to your uh, finances, so you can pay at the credit at the grocery store line and so on with your card. So little chips like that, chips that are in things like cosmetic devices, brushes, uh, so on. Uh, these these different application-specific chips, we set up his website so that it had uh, some of his ideal customers and what industries they were in. So people visiting the website could say, I'm in this industry, click on the thing and say, yeah, we, we do that with our, we try to do something like that. Let's talk to these guys, see if they can design something for us. And it was, yeah. it was a good way to, uh, it wasn't quite a persona, but it was uh, these people walk in our shoes. We can, we can uh, see what they've done for them and if they can do something for us. Yeah. Got it. Okay, uh, let's talk about the parameter it expertise assorted trust. How to increase this parameter? Uh, because we we have no some uh, metrics, you know, like <laughs> on nature of SEMrush. <laughs> but yeah. So You're... so before there was Google's uh, uh, quality guidelines for for uh, evaluators, uh, Sergey Brin and Larry Page both went to Stanford University. And I was using uh, uh, something developed, something else that was developed at Stanford back in 2003. There's there's a Stanford guidelines for credibility, mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, the person who designed that actually listed ten guidelines. Really easy to follow. They made your website much more believable. They made it uh, more believable that that. Uh, you were the company behind the website, that you had some type of expertise, that you knew what you were talking about, that you should be trusted. They included things like uh, provide citations that link to important things that reflect who you are. If you've won awards, show the awards. They, they had a number of those. Uh, show that there's an actual organization that supports you and is behind you and let people know about it. So a lot of these were the types of things that built trust and, and built an understanding that you were somebody whom they should maybe spend money with, send credit card information to, and feel confident that you're going to do something. Yeah. When I search your name on Google uh, and I found a bunch of articles, uh, websites, authoritative, and I got it, yeah, <laughs> I get this trust. <laughs> uh, okay. Can you tell, uh, because I found that you, um, I don't remember exactly where I found, but uh, you uh, uh, wrote about uh, local SEO. Uh, can you? share the difference between common SEO and local SEO. Okay, I'm going to take what sounds like a wild swerve here. Back in 2007, Microsoft came out with a couple of uh, object uh, level 
uh, ranking search results, which were different than web results, which are based on links mostly. Uh, Microsoft said, uh, we can collect information about things. Uh, for instance, books, they, they uh, started a scholar website based on these object level rankings where they said, okay, these are names of the authors. These are the papers they wrote, where they went to school, when the thing was published and so on. And they built a, a, something like Google Scholar, but it was Microsoft. And they used this uh, object level ranking. When Google uh, developed their business directory, they treated businesses as local business entities. They said, okay, every local business entity has a specific address and contact information, a way to phone somebody, a way to email people, uh, hours they're open, stuff like that. We'll collect that type of information. We're not going to care about who links to whom. Uh, in some cases, we don't even care if there's an actual website for the business, just as long as a business and uh, a legitimate way for business owners to send us information so that we can list in a, a local listing about that business. So they're collecting information, uh, street addresses, uh, logos, uh, number of people who work for them, and so on. It was it was not quite the way you rank web pages. It was more of a uh, based on things like how close, how far away are these businesses to where I want to be, to where I want to go, where I live, where I work. Uh, and, and there are some patents from Google that are specifically about local search that explain a lot of differences between local search and, and uh, uh, organic search. Yeah. I started looking at some of those. Uh, when I was working for the incorporation business in Delaware, it was really important for uh, on my pages to rank well for Delaware because people wanted to incorporate there. Uh, it was, uh, you pay $99 a year, $100 a year to register in Delaware. It's not necessarily a tax. It's more of a registration. Uh, and it's less expensive than other places. In Delaware, they don't have, for uh, shareholders' lawsuits, you don't go to a regular court. You go to an equity court. And they have chancellors who write opinion. They don't have jury trials. They have chancellors who write uh, decisions of the courts. They have a lot of uh, legal uh, writings from judges that you can plan with, plan your business. And and uh, this is good because if you're incorporated in Delaware, you register there, you can plan your business based on those legal writings. So if you go to law school, and you take corporate law in the U.S. anywhere, they're going to teach you Delaware law. Yeah, got it. Okay, uh, if yeah. you compare user experience and uh, technical optimization, from uh, your experience, which is better and where we need to pay more attention to UX or uh, technical? 
Both of them are important, but they're important for different reasons. So, so you're you're doing SEO to make sure the business uh, a website uh, has uh, stays in business, keeps on selling, uh, services are goods, and so on. If you're planning for user experience, you're making sure that a site can be used by visitors to it. it uh, things can be accomplished. People can enter uh, information to a form and send it to them and receive something in response. Uh, if you're an artist, do you have a website? Does it take forever for pictures to download? Some types of pictures people might wait longer for than other types of pictures. But still, if it takes forever for pictures to download, people are going to leave. They're going to find somebody else to brew, uh, take pictures from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. On your LinkedIn profile, I found that you have experience. And yeah, of course, you have experience with <laughs> content creation and writing. But, you know, um, uh, for example, uh, uh, in my agency, we often uh, face some issues with uh, even big clients, you know, uh, that uh, have a big team, but have no experience with writing, creating content. And uh, when I tell them, okay, uh, let's take these keywords, relevant keywords, uh, uh, and uh, create content. And they reply to me, I have no experience with that. How, how I can write, create content? How, how to help them? Because, for example, even... Uh, on Upwork, it's hard to find uh, reliable writers, you know, uh, even if they have some good ratings, feedback, but uh, most of them uh, write about everything. They don't write about one topic. And yeah, today it's hard to <laughs> rank this content. They just rewrite. Can you tell how to find responsible uh, content creators or writers? So it can help you have brainstorming sessions where people gather around. Sometimes uh, you get a whiteboard. And you get somebody writing stuff on the whiteboard and you do what's called mind mapping mm-hmm. where you draw, you draw lines between things. Uh, you look at sources like Reddit. Uh, one of the guys I work for uh, was reading Reddit. And one of the things he read about was a guy who owned a hydraulic press site on YouTube. One of our clients was a jeweler. And it's a fairly large jeweler. Uh, their name isn't very well known. It was one of the problems. They wanted to build up their brand. So my, my friend who knew about the hydraulic press uh, uh, owner who had a YouTube channel knew that he had 500,000 subscribers. So we worked with the jeweler to offer the hydraulic press guy a diamond so that they could crush the diamond with a hydraulic press to show people on video that it can be crushed. <laughs> and, and he agreed. He said, and so, so the jeweler sent him a diamond, sent him a certificate, and the uh, hydraulic press guy created a web page on YouTube that included a link to the jeweler, their name, so on, uh, to get them more attention to help build the brand, to get them to better known. Got like 10 million views in, in a couple of months, got their name out there. And he crushed it a diamond. He later showed off 
the fact that you can burn the diamond using an acetylene torch because diamonds are carbon. They'll burn too. And that got a lot of views too. So this is a way where you're, you're gathering people together. They come up with ideas. They see things on places like Reddit that say, it's interesting. Would somebody like that help us advertise? And in some cases, it will. Uh, we had another client who uh, had a limousine service. And sometimes they had people take limousines to places in the Washington, D.C. area and uh, ask uh, their girlfriends or their boyfriends to marry them. So we ended up building a map of the D.C. area that people could go to and it was interactive. They could click on these places and see where people ask uh, other people to uh, marry them. And which you click on it, you'd see a photograph of the place. And you'd see the story. And so it was a collection of all these engagement stories. And the thing that tied them together were they were taken to this place by limo drivers and a limousine from a limousine company. And this is all exclusive data owned by the limo company. But it was fascinating. A lot of people were interested in finding out places in D.C. that were romantic that people were getting engaged at. Yeah. So, so, so this is a way of actually talking with your customers, collecting information from them, and creating stories. Yeah, I agree. And uh, even it's more important to create unique stories. You know, uh, if uh, someone gets 10 million views on YouTube, because uh, I think nobody did before, you know, to crush diamond. Yeah. Uh, I often see this issue on social media, you know, when someone uh, gets viral content and others uh, try to get the same uh, engagement, but they fail because, yeah, people uh, saw this content, you know. We, we worked with a used car dealer because we wanted to find out what were the most popular cars sold in each state. And they were able to give us data about... Uh, the cars that were getting sold at their deal, the dealerships they were working with. Uh, and places like California, the most popular used car was a Ford F-150. So they got mentioned on some high-level websites, boingboing.net. Uh, there was a radio station in uh, Los Angeles that talked about it that provided a link to listeners that was really popular. They got 300,000 views in a matter of less than a month. <laughs> yeah, Ooh. cool. I, they, I'll share this thing. They got lots of links to their website too. How to find these ideas? I understand, yeah, everyone wanna <laughs> provide unique content. How to find them? <laughs> There are some really interesting websites that provide data about things. You can ask your clients for data, sometimes they have personalized exclusive data, or you can look for things like, let's see, there's a Bureau of Justice, Justice Statistics mm -hmm. that the U.S. government provides that can help you uh, find out about violent crimes, 
happening across the country. Uh, we worked with law firms to find out what were the most dangerous uh, intersections in cities like San Diego. And people want to know where the most dangerous intersections are because they don't want to cross those streets. Or they want to look both ways before they do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, yeah, from my experience, um, uh, we, we, you can find uh, ideas everywhere. Just be consistent in your way. And yeah, you, you can get these ideas. I remember when I've learned from Gary V to uh, post as maximum as possible, be consistent. And when I started, I, I felt no way I can do it. I don't know how to post a lot. What kind of content can I create? Today, I have no time, you know, to post all my ideas. <laughs> yeah, it, it's only about consistency. But make sure that you meet people's curiosities. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, you post a lot of uh, studies. Uh, how do you gather data and uh, how do you learn these studies will help uh, SEO community uh, to find the way to promote websites? A lot of times I'm repeating stuff I find elsewhere. So I spend lots of time doing things like going to the United States Patent and Trademark Office and looking up patents and seeing what they write about. Uh, a patent is usually a way of uh, somebody, a search engineer at a Google, Google or some other place saying, we have this problem. Searchers aren't looking for this or searchers are having a hard time finding this type of thing. We found a solution. This is the one we're patenting. Uh, mm -hmm. Here are some other previous art uh, approaches to solving this problem. Ours is better because of this, 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 and that. And they go through the legal analysis and detail it, but a lot of times they include uh, studies. Yeah. Um, sometimes sometimes uh, those are sort of esoteric. They're, they're like uh, when people perform searches in the search engine, they'll search for entities specific people, places, or things they want to find out more about. So it might be uh, Lady Gaga shoes because they like shoes she was wearing and they want to buy a pair and they'll search for them. But they're putting the person's name in there. Uh, and that's been happening more and more frequently at, at, at Google and Microsoft and Yahoo. So that's why you have... Uh, uh, knowledge graphs at, at Google because people are entering entity names in searches. People want to know that information. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the last question about your yeah. predictions in 2022. What will work and what won't work in this year? So one thing I've been noticing, I've been doing, adding, including these types of things in uh, audits for sites is when you do a search for business name, sometimes you'll see knowledge panels about that business or, or about specific people. And it'll, it'll show you knowledge, things people want to know the answers to. You search for an Abraham Lincoln, it'll, Google will tell you Abraham Lincoln was six foot four. 
they don't tell you how tall other presidents were. It's just him because people often ask, how tall is he? We know he's tall. Uh, so, the search engines are anticipating and answering questions like that. Mm -hmm. With that, you even have to ask. And I think that'll happen more often. Sometimes uh, search engines are getting ambiguous questions. Uh, one they wrote a patent on was how, to, how they might answer a, a ambiguous query like how long is Harry Potter? You know, they're not trying not trying to be pornographic. They don't care how tall he is. Uh, it's usually how long is the book or how 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 long do one of the movies run? Yeah. Um, I have the similar example. For example, if I search on Google the temperature, water temperature, and yeah. I can find the temperature water in Black Sea in Odessa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because close to me. <laughs> Because it understands where you're located, it knows where you're searching from. It'll it'll say you don't care about the temperature somewhere 500 miles away. You want to know the temperature outside the front door when you go outside the house and go to work. Yeah, yeah. Thanks a lot for your time. It's a big pleasure to learn from you. I'll continue to follow you and uh, tell our audience how they can reach out to you, learn more about you, follow you. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> uh, okay I'm, I'm on easiest maybe to find on twitter mm -hmm. and it's bill underscore slosky okay guys you can find twitter account uh, on the description below and uh links to uh, uh to the websites uh, and will be slavsky big fish, uh, go fish digital. yeah goldfish digital and CEO by the sea. Thanks a lot for your time. Yeah, thanks for all your insights. I'm going to use them. And uh, guys, uh, listen us on Google, Apple, and Spotify. See you. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.